Coaching changes, big-time players announcing they're coming back for their final season at Auburn. And, of course, we got to talk about the portal. Welcome back to Episode 8 of the Top Button Podcast. I'm Charlie Five. Buckle up, button up. It's time to have some fun. There's so much to catch up with uh, over the weekend, and uh, I'm here to help you out. But before we do that, we got to give a shout-out to Active Wealth Management and Ford Stokes. Guys, look, you can only do so much in your Reddit threads trying to figure out the next stonk to pound or uh, your buddy's group chats, uh, group texts, Facebook groups, things like that. You can only go so far. Let Ford Stokes take you the rest of the way. Okay, go to activewealth.com, give Ford a shout out, tell him, Ford, I'm turning the keys over to you. Get me to the promised land. And he will put together a customized plan, not some cookie cutter uh, PowerPoint presentation that he sends to everybody and just swaps out the names. No, this is going to take your goals, your money, your dollars, and it's going to be a plan specifically tailored to what you want to achieve. Uh, you can even get his free book at annuity360.net. He'll autograph it, tell you War Eagle, send it to you. Uh, great guy. He's here to help. Be sure to show him some love. Ford Stokes, Active Wealth Management, activewealth.com. That's activewealth.com. Tell him C5 sent you. Well, if it could have not been a more eventful weekend, um, you know, the last show that we had, we talked about a little bit of where we've been, how we got to where we are and what we think we might go on uh, in the future. And then literally within 24 hours, um, it comes out that Philip Montgomery was let go uh, as offensive coordinator. He, offensive coordinator, he would not be returning as a signal caller for the Tigers in 2024. Um, and oddly enough, it was sort of, you know, I, it seemed like it was sort of universally applauded. Um, I think that's because so many people um, really wanted Hugh Freeze to be the driver of the offense to begin with. Um, and for him to sort of take a step back uh, when he was first hired and saying, look, I'm, I, I got to have someone else call the play so I can rebuild this roster. I think people are reticent, you know, towards that, uh, I guess, that setup. Um, and then you had uh, a poor, you know, sort of showing to begin the season at Cal and A&M. And then Hugh takes back over for the Georgia game. And, you know, there's some other games that it seemed like Hugh had the play sheet over his mouth and he was calling games, calling plays. Uh, and then obviously then you hand it back over, you know, maybe to finish up recruiting and, and things like that. And you have poor showing. So people were just – I think people were sort of ready to just say, I don't want to see that. I just want to have Hugh running the offense 24-7. Uh, and they moved on. I think it served a purpose. Uh, it, it helped uh, land a top 10 class that was sorely needed uh, to like sort of put a, uh, you know, um, a shot in the arm to this, um, uh, put this maybe this rebuild from the high school perspective in warp drive. So uh, obviously we're thankful for that. Uh, it got us to, it helped us to be able to do that and still get to the postseason, uh, get to a bowl game, which is great. Uh, hadn't been there in two years, even though we 
got blown out in the bowl game. Um, it did serve a purpose. So you can't just t- completely hate on the decision, hate on the process. You probably weren't winning more than, you know, seven games anyway. Uh, so you were able to have somebody come in and sort of manage things while you went out and recruited like a madman and do what you did. So for that, uh, obviously, we should all be thankful. Uh, and then to um, I'm recording this, uh, recording this on Monday. Uh, it comes out that um, that Ron Roberts has essentially stepped down. Uh, he has uh, gone to Florida to take their linebacker coach and co DC, I believe, uh, title. Um, that again was met with seeming. Uh, um, this one was a little bit, maybe a little bit more split, but from a um, from a people that are like really into uh, really into Auburn and really like locked into the situation and knowing the whole dynamic between some of the players and some of the other uh, position coaches. This was another move after one year that was seemingly uh, applauded. I know I did. Uh, I applauded it, even though Ron Roberts was actually a, a fairly good defensive coordinator. He uh, I felt like he put a good product on the field and um, the defense was not anywhere near the issue uh, in multiple games uh, this year. I think he overachieved uh, with the roster. And it's kind of weird to say all that and then to say I'm sort of, you know, happy uh, that it moved on, that we're moving on. And and that's because um, it's no secret that there was some friction you know, that comes with Ron Roberts. I don't know if it's necessarily uh, just – I don't know if it's just his personality. I don't know if it's just a bad fit in general, but you saw coaches stepping off the field, which I don't know that I've ever seen before, that a coach working with another coach says, I would rather step off the field than work with you. Like, it's so bad, it's so toxic that I just can't work with you. So I'm going to step off the field into a role that I've never even really done before. Uh, and you, that's what you saw with Wesley McGriff. And then as quick as he could, he got out of town. Um, wish he could have been a little bit more patient. There may have still could have been a spot for him, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and Ron Roberts is uh, is gone. So you're firing up coaching searches, which, you know, are always fun, even, though, even if it is uh, after the first season. But I think the big key takeaway from all this um, and you may say, C5, Charlie 5, this is just. Been through after everything Auburn's been through from like a f- coaching change buyout perspective. OK, I feel still like the alignment is so strong behind Hugh Freeze that they were willing to step up when he said either I made a mistake or this isn't working, we've got to make a change. After one year, they're willing to stay, uh, step up, bite a bullet for a buyout for uh, for Monty. And then if Ron, Ron has a displacement uh, clause in his contract, so whatever he makes at Florida, we would only pay the difference in what he would make, uh, he would have made at Auburn. So, but even still, you're you, after the six and seven record, um, and after one season, you have the 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 
the boosters, the powers that be, whatever you want to call it, are still behind him enough, still believe in Hugh enough that they would be willing to, you know, fork up what they have to fork up to be able to allow him to rearrange things and sort of get them back into the sort of the vision that he sees of this team uh, and this staff moving forward. So I think that's big. I think that's something that's pretty rare uh, at Auburn. It seems like anytime there's a coaching change or there has to be a coaching change, it's like everybody wants to have their hand in the cookie jar. Everybody wants to, you know, um, you know, I'll give you my money, but it comes with stipulations type deal. Um, and the, the candidates that have come out early seem to be, we'll let you pick your guys. And it, the, the people that have been talked about early for both sides are seemingly Hugh Freeze guys. It's not, hey, you got to hire my, I'll, I'll do it, but you got to hire this buddy. Or, hey, I got to do, you got to do it, but you got to hire this buddy. It seems like um, they're going to let him do what he feels he needs to do to get uh, take this momentum of this first-year recruiting class and now push it forward and now start to kind of develop uh, your offensive side of the ball and then obviously continue what you've already started on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that's big. I think that means more than uh, uh, you think. It's not, it's not spin. I think it's reality. I think it's right. I think it's a big deal. Um, Offense, defense. Okay, let's start with offense. Since Monty went first, we talked about Hugh is going to call plays. I think that's it. Okay, and there's I just I don't think there's a scenario for the rest of his career. He may have wanted to do it after year two. He may have wanted to recruit for two years, but I think it's done. I think it can't. I just don't think he can sit back and let what happened this year happen again. I don't. I think you've seen you, you've seen how things implode in, at uh, at Florida with with Billy Napier. I've already mentioned that before. Can't cannot let that happen again. So Hugh is going to be your play caller moving forward. He is going to be your captain. He's going to be, in theory, your offensive coordinator. So what do you need in that position? I think you need someone that's familiar with you, familiar with what you like, familiar with what you how you like to have your practices run, how you like to have your game plan put together, someone that knows you and also someone that can absolutely go out and destroy the recruiting trail. I think that's going to be what you see out of this position. Okay. Whether it be, um, whether it, you know, that that's what you're going to see out of this position. And I, that's why I think that, you know, the only name that seems to be out there is, is Derek Nix uh, from Ole Miss whose his record speaks for itself. It's very rare that when new coaches are hired, they retain other coaches, like the, the previous coaches. It just rarely happens. Typically, when a new coach comes in, you ax everybody and you move on. Derek Nix is so valuable to Ole Miss and so valuable to that program that he's made it through multiple coaching changes. Nobody ever even bats an eye. Like, no matter what you do, you can't not have Derek Nix. He's that good. Uh, he's that good of a coach. He's that good of a developer. And he's that good of a uh, of a recruiter. And he's got multi, I guess he's multifaceted as far as like his depth of knowledge on uh, skill positions. He's coached running backs. He's coached wide receivers. So again, an, a Hugh Freeze guy that is invaluable 
I'd be shocked if he's not your offensive coordinator uh, moving forward. Uh, hopefully, in, in very short, uh, in very short order. And I think that will be a fun, fun uh, addition to this uh, already pretty solid recruiting staff. I mean, you already have um, you have uh, Marcus Davis who just signed the. Uh, greatest wide receiver class, and if you 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 land Ryan Williams uh, in a couple of weeks, it will be the greatest wide receiver class that's ever been seen. There's there's no doubt about it. It'd be the greatest wide receiver class that's ever been put on paper. So you got him, you got uh, um, Jake Thornton, who had had a great. He flipped our offensive line this past, uh, last year with the portal um, and a couple of guys they brought in late. He ended up closing really strong with um, a JUCO All-American, two uh, all-star game uh, uh, offensive linemen. Um, and I think if you can add a couple to the portal, um, he's just going to keep getting better. Uh, and then not only that, he's just an incredible on-the-field coach. I thought our offensive line played uh, absolutely fabulous this year. Um, you got your tight ends coach. I can't – I'm just going to say Coach Ben, um, <laughs> who's been who's been a uh, – uh, you know, he, Landed Rivaldo uh, in the last class. He's got Ryan Gee, a four-star tight end in 2025. He just uh, flipped – I'm not sorry, just flipped. He just added an, a, a portal guy that we'll talk about later. Um, you got a really good offensive recruiting staff. This just makes it go to – this just takes it to a whole nother level. And it, and it frees Hugh up a little bit to not have to be the lead so much on, uh, on a lot of these recruitments. So very, very excited about that. Defensive coordinator, it's a little bit more open. Um, the defensive side is a little bit more of an open, I guess, um, search. It's not really like there's only one name. Um, there's a couple of names that are consistent um, with last year's search. Um, and those are uh, obviously uh, Chris Kiffin, the brother of Lane Kiffin, who is a Hugh Freeze guy. And then there's Zach Arnett, you know, the former Mississippi State head coach who got put in the worst situation you could possibly be put in. And I, I, I'm blown away that he even did it. I think it's it's very, very impressive that he even took that job. But he took the job after the passing of Mike Leach. Just probably just like most guys. Number one, Mississippi State's a hard job. Number two, you're, it's your first uh, gig as a head coach. Um, and then number three, um, you're – whole offense and roster and everything was built off of Mike Leach's offensive system. So it was just a, a terrible, uh, terrible situation. Um, he gets, the, he gets canned after one year. Um, he was, a he probably, I mean, honestly, he might have been the, the defensive coordinator last year had he not gotten the head coaching gig. Like he, he was, you know, very, very deep in the mix so you got those two guys, and there's several other names of, of guys that, that Hughes connected to. But it seems like it's going to focus a little bit around those two. And then if it gets past those two, there's there's some other names that we can talk about um, in the future. But both of those guys are dynamic in their own ways. Um, you got Chris Kiffin, who's got a litany of experience in the NFL, pass rushing specialist, defensive line guy, unbelievable recruiter. Um, bring uh, the son of Monty Kiffin, you know, another great defensive mind. So, like, he's got all the pedigree of an uh, unbelievable, uh, still very young coach. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, 
I think it was really only a matter of time before he really got back in the college game. I know he was caught up in all the Ole Miss stuff when he first uh, – Basically, right before he 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 left to the NFL to to spend the last four or five years, but always had a a lot of young, uh, always had a lot of talent, a lot of um, opportunity, I guess, to to blossom. And I think this could be a really good shot um, to get back in the SEC, get back in college football, and really, really pop. You know, maybe jump jump start this 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 part of his his career so um you just don't have to go any further than just googling his name and 247 sports and then looking at his all-time commit list it's it's unreal like he was part of those huge runs at Ole Miss just landing stud after stud uh and I think he could do that at Auburn I think he could bring a lot of NFL excitement just excitement in general and then you partner him with a with a Charles Kelly um who we're still kind of waiting to see where he falls in this whole mix as far as from a, a, a I guess a position coach and then responsibilities could they be co-DCs that seems to be kind of the thing now is co-DCs um feels it would be pretty awesome to have you know your seasoned veteran guy who's a phenomenal recruiter in his own right Charles Kelly pairing him up with a uh, Chris Kiffin I think all of them have sort of similar um defensive philosophies so to speak and then you got a guy like Zach Arnett, who's been a hot shot uh, as ever since he's been a defensive coordinator. He took uh, Mississippi State all the way to number five in the conference in total defense in like one season, and they were there for all three seasons that he was at Mississippi State. Um, he's a de- he's been a great developer. Mississippi State's a hard school to. Uh, a hard school to, I guess, recruit to. Um, you saw him take a, you know, a um, a kid from one A high school in, uh, you know, in Central Alabama, uh, and you're turning him into a, you know, what he'll probably be a top, you know, day two, possibly a day one, day two uh, linebacker prospect. So he's got his. And he's just, I don't know, he just has the look of a just hard-nosed, awesome defensive corner. He kind of – he honestly has a lot of Will Muschamp vibes to him. He he, he really does. He, he brings with a mustache. Will Muschamp, and then <clears throat> sometimes he rocks the mustache, and I kind of dig it. So, I'd be ecstatic. I think he runs just a, a little bit of a different type of system <clears throat> than a Charles Kelly or a um, – things that maybe Chris Kiffin, those type guys are more used to, but I still think he's a, he's a, he's could be a fit that, that, um, you know, I think that he could work here and, and work here great and, and, and be just be absolutely phenomenal. And I think he'd be a fan favorite. So those are your two defensive guys. Uh, coaching searches are fun, um, even though they're not always ideal. We may still see a few more coaching changes uh, from position standpoint. Um, those aren't necessarily final. Those aren't. Ne- that's not necessarily a. It, it's going to happen, but it could. It could. <clears throat> you know, when you bring in an offensive coordinator, that's that's a recruiter. You know, what position is he going to coach, and will that in turn make you have to make some other moves? So we'll have to see there. Um, but uh, again, the alignment. The uh, the support to be able to allow him to pull the trigger on on guys early uh, and and move on I think speaks volumes to where 
um, everybody is as far as behind and supportive of Hugh Freeze and and and, and where we are and, and how we can move forward. So uh, should be a lot of fun uh, moving forward. All right, before we move on to our next topic, give a shout out to Plains Coffee. Guys, I made it big, got my own coupon code. Let's go. Get you some freshly, you're talking the, the day it ships to your house, <clears throat> the day it ships to your house, the beans are roasted uh, the day before. So when it's sitting on your front door, you could probably smell it from inside. It's going to be that fresh. Uh, plainscoffee.com. Use coupon code BUTTON, B-U-T-T-O-N, and get 10% off your order uh, when you check out. Again, there's all different kinds of uh, coffees. There's all if, if you're not a coffee guy, coffee girl, they got teas too. Um, easy online, easy checkout, plainscoffee.com. Check them out. Uh, it's good stuff. All right. A lot of times in the in the era of the portal, um, saving guys is just as big as adding guys. And I think the player retention uh, at Auburn is absolutely uh, – it stands out because, again, two years in a row, I don't feel like you lose a guy that um, – <clears throat> I don't feel like you lose a guy that you just can't lose. You know what I mean? I don't feel like you lose it. Like, if you really think about it, can't, it's hard to even really – list off the names of the guys that you've lost because they either hadn't gotten there yet or they just weren't necessarily huge factors in on either side of the ball. But um, recently you had the announcements, Dylan Wade, that's one of the big ones that we were, you know, banking on coming back. He's returning. Keontae Scott, I think that so many different schools came after Keontae Scott and he stuck with us. I think that's huge. I think he could have gone with uh, McGriff to Texas A&M if he wanted and probably maybe got a huge payday. Who knows? Um, he comes back. Jason Jones, kind of your stalwart on the defensive line, a guy that you um, probably had some NFL prospects. Uh, I know he's – you know, I know there's been other schools that that have been reaching out to him. He's coming back. All those are just like adding big portal guys, uh, big rec highly recruited portal guys. Uh, this is it's exactly the same. You're you're inserting a, a starter right back in, uh, and that is that's huge. Um, I'm still anxious to see what Keontae Scott's position is moving forward. I personally hope. Uh, you know, I want him to do what's best, obviously. And, and I know that there's big money if you can be a lockdown corner. And I know that's what he wants to probably, you know, give a shot at. But, man, he is just a absolute menace at the nickel spot. I, I, the closer to the ball you can have him, the better. Um, because he just makes plays. He just makes plays. Um, punt returning, it's just another year for him to um, – show what he can do there. And and I just – one of my favorite players, I, I love watching – I love watching him. Uh, and I'm glad that <laughs> I don't have to watch him or, or watch him at, at another team or play against him uh, because he is a – he's an absolute uh, stud. Um, I already talked about Jason Jones. Um, you got Dylan Wade. Uh, your defense – your offensive line is, is sort of shored up for a whole another year. Now – you you looking to try to add that one maybe that one more piece that could 
you know, take it up one more notch, allow Dylan Wade to possibly move inside. If not, though, your consolation prize is you got your starting left tackle back. Okay. <laughs> and then you got a lot of young guys that you can mix in. Uh, you got us, you got your your right tackle sort of supplanted. And then you can kind of battle it out. And you got some, you got some pretty talented uh interior guys that can play uh as well. So um I think that's huge. That's huge. It says a lot. It says a ton that uh, once again, off of a six and seven record, a lot of possible negative recruiting, you don't lose anybody uh, that you can't afford to lose. And I just think that's big. I think that's big for for a multitude of reasons, big for team morale. It's big for leadership. It's big for continuity. Continuity, <clears throat> you can't really say enough about continuity, especially on a roster um, when you can bring guys back and continue to build, uh, I think that's huge. So um, I think s- some guys probably could have gotten bigger paydays um, uh, elsewhere and, and chose to to stay at Auburn. Um, and I think that speaks a lot to their character and a lot to who they are, especially in this time of me, me, me. Let me go get my check. Let me go get paid. Um, not to say they're not just you're there's they're here for for nothing you know what I mean not that they're not being rewarded uh, but um, could have there could have been some other opportunities that they could have gone uh, elsewhere and and they they chose to stay here so that's great last thing and uh, we'll wrap it up uh, and because again there's going to be so much more <clears throat> news pop over the next couple of days but um, we had some a couple of big portal additions you had Trill Carter um, which is a defensive line that you a defensive lineman that you really needed to add from Texas. He's had a ton of experience playing. Um, he's been a factor um, at times. Texas started uh, recruiting these really freaky defensive tackles, so he lost a little bit of playing time towards the end of uh, towards the end of um, <clears throat> I guess the last two years. Still came in, played twenty three snaps, I think, in the playoff game. Made some big plays. Um, Excited to have him, freeze up a few guys, pair him with Gage Keys. Um, veteran dudes that can just – we don't necessarily need them to be superstars, but veteran guys that know how to play um, that can fr- help free up other guys to make plays. You know, this defensive line is going to be a bunch of guys that are going to be blue-collar um, dudes that are going that are going to be backed up by um, some b- – pass rushers that are developing young linebackers that can make plays and then older linebackers that can can make plays as well, like uh, Eugene Asante, Um, Eugene Asante. So that'll be fun. Uh, That defensive line, I think they want to add at least one more. I don't know who, if that's going to be Isaiah Rikes or from Texas A&M or anybody else, but you're starting to kind of see how thing, the cards are, are falling into place. Um, And then Maybe my favorite of the class so far, the portal class so far is Rico Walker. Um, if you look Rico Walker, all right. So he's first of all, he's going to be coming in with three years to play, which is, I mean, it's, might as well just consider that adding another four star uh, freshman to your lineup. I mean, you, you got a guy that's got three, uh, a whole lifetime basically uh, in college football to play. Um, a guy that is six four. 245, 250 pounds was recruited, signed as like was originally like a like a like an edge linebacker or, or even played middle linebacker uh 
in high school, uh, but you're signing him as a tight end. I, I think he, he made that move, sort of has a, uh, a you know, a Rivaldo Fairweather type feel to him, um, can line up outside, can line up inside, and then can put his hand in the dirt and absolutely cr- cave your face mask in. So that's the kind of guy you're adding uh, that you don't need next year because uh, you you have literally every tight end you've ever recruited, it seems like, coming back, and then they're all gone. So they're coming back, and then they're gone. And then you got Rico Walker and Ryan Gee, your 2025 um, commit, that hopefully you end up signing uh, next year uh, on signing day. So they're not done. I don't think they're done. I think you're going to look at some uh, defensive backs – possibly a Christian story, uh, veteran, big-time veteran safety from that's leaving Alabama, some connections to Charles Kelly there. There's another safety, his name escapes me, from Alabama, who's got uh, some connections to Charles Kelly. I think you, you still want to add an offensive lineman. You really want Percy Lewis. You're going to have to battle. You're going to have to battle Arkansas, who – who doesn't recruit well at all high school-wise, so they have tons of NIL that they can spend on the portal, which is why you see them have the success that they do against – you're like, man, how, how is this happening against Arkansas? Uh, how are we losing recruiting battles? Well, the portal is just a different animal. Uh, and they're desperate, and, and they got the money to spend. So uh, – and, and we have – we, you know, we built the foundation with this uh, freshman class. So can we pull off the Percy Lewis – We'll see how that works out. Um, <clears throat> again, this weekend's this week's going to be hot with hot with info. We're going to jump back on Thursday and get after it and have a lot of fun. But in the meantime, uh, stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter, the underscore Charlie underscore five. I'll try to keep you updated, uh, and then we'll jump back on Thursday and get it rocking again. So I, I really appreciate you guys listening, uh, and we'll catch you on Thursday. Uh, This was episode eight of the Top Button Podcast. Stay buttoned.